0: Log Talk Radio <laughs>
1: And we're presenting another episode of Airline Talk, News and History. My name is Neil Holland. And I'm a retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show. And if you're listening in on the show's website, which is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash CaptainEddie, that's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E, Captain Eddie. And we'd like to call in and talk with our guest host star. Or to add your memories, then why not call us at 213-816-1611. Again, that's 213-816-1611. Now the producer will see your number on the caller's board and ask if you'd like to join the host and share those memories with us on the show. We're a satellite-based radio station and heard around the world. As a matter of fact, we have listeners now and over 50 countries now let me repeat the number again one more time add it to your Rodex if there are any Rodex's left or on your computer area code 213-816-1611 why don't you call us now and as usual we have hosts from around the U.S. as well and uh, that join us in these airline radio talk shows and today, I see who I see on the board here. I'm going to call them off as I see them. First of all, I'm going to reach up there to
2: uh, Georgia, close to Atlanta,
1: where we find Captain Jim Holder. Hello, Jim. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing fine here in the Big Peaks. we got clear skies, and no wind, and a temperature of mid-70s.
1: Well, that sounds like a delightful fall day. Are the leaves turning in your backyard, Jim?
2: Good Lord. Are are
1: are your are your leaves turning in the, your backyard up there for the fall? Hello. Well, must have lost Jim Holder. Well, let's see if I can pick up over there in the Panhandle of Florida, Margaret Barge. Hello, Margaret. Are you with me?
3: I am. How are you doing today? And how's
1: everyone? scared me there for um, a minute. I thought I'd lost everybody here on the board. But but Margaret, <laughs> tell us what's going on over there in Pace, Florida, way up there in the panhandle near Pensacola, Florida, where I used to live.
3: Well, we are, we're going to have partly cloudy. Uh, it's going to be a partly cloudy day today. Uh it will reach about 86 degrees and the sun really won't come out. Uh, brightly until about 5 p.m. this evening And I think Luann wants to say something to you as well And to everybody Hey, Captain Neal Hey, everybody This is Luann I'm just going to add a ditto to Margaret's weather forecast And I'm going to wish everybody a happy day
1: <laughs> Okay Well, maybe we <laughs> can hear more from you, Luann, during the show I hope
3: I'm sure you
1: will Okay, all right Now let's see, let's go on up to Canada Where our favorite host is From our Canadian host Brenda Chabot Lives in the Toronto area Hello Brenda, tell me it's not snow On the ground up there
4: <laughs> No, it's not snow But it's lovely and fresh It's 49 <laughs> degrees And a little little cloudy But yeah, it's nice I, I love the cooler weather <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. So I do, well. too. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and, yes, our leaves are turning. Some of them are oh. just
1: beautiful. Yeah, that's right. The late September, October. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They move on down yeah. to Georgia and the mountains up uh, in the North Georgia area. It's beautiful. We don't get that uh-huh. colorful season. That's what I miss about not living, you know, in the northern climes, as they would say. Yeah. But uh, it is beautiful this time of year. Yeah, sure. Uh, Are you close to any forested area, Brenda?
4: Yeah, very much so. Um, I'm, you know, about an hour north of Toronto up in what's called the Caledon Hills. And we have, uh, it's very treed. It's um, mostly country. It's beautiful. So, yeah, there's a lot. I love it. (laughs) Wonderful.
1: Well, that's going down to cactus country. Well, I don't know about cactus in in Jim Harris's backyard. <laughs> Hello, Captain Jim Harris. How you doing?
5: Oh, I'm here. It's another fine day. I got a clear blue sky, a light breeze at the moment. It's it's eighty degrees or so. We have a high of about ninety. Wow about, for this time of year. Yeah. Ninety <laughs>
1: degrees. Ooh, ooh. I'm glad we yeah. shed that temperature here last week. <laughs> well, we did. Yeah. Yep,
5: it's um, it's all right. It's better than a hundred.
1: <laughs> tell me, how close are you <laughs> close to? Yeah, tell me how close are you to the desert area? You're you're close to Austin, aren't you? And and, and what's yeah, the hometown
5: name? I'm about fifteen miles uh, due west of Austin,
1: in, in so-called okay.
5: Hill Country. A lot of little rolling hills. It's very nice.
6: Yeah. Well,
5: and as uh, far as getting, um, uh, yeah, I'd have to go to Marfa probably to get in some real. Approaching the desert stuff, which yes. is probably I don't know three hundred miles.
1: Yeah, all those traffic. I call them traffic cop plants that uh, stand straight oh, and tall oh, oh. and have their hands stuck up in the air. You know.
5: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: <laughs> yep. prickly, uh, is
5: that called? Prickly, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, that's is that called uh is that called <laughs> sea grabbing?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't
5: know. And, and,
1: and I see another uh, area code here, and area code six hundred two. I know, I know who it is, but I'm going to open the microphone. Hello, area code six hundred two. Hello, area code six hundred two. I have six hundred two. Who is Hello? who is this? This is
7: Louise.
1: <laughs> Louise.
7: I've never listened to your podcast before um but I'm interested so that's why I'm here and I've been an airline employee for more years than I could count.
1: Well if you're interested would you would you mind taking over the show because <laughs> it wouldn't take much to get me out of here.
8: <laughs> I am not ready for
1: that. All the... <laughs> but we have a good time here, Louise. Thank you so much for calling in. I think I saw your Facebook comment. Thank you so much. Sure. Appreciate it. And um, But uh, we do have people listening to us around the world, and I'm um, um, not certain how they translate our uh, our English, uh, especially Luann's English, <laughs> into an understandable especially. language. <laughs>
3: I speak just as plainly as anybody else on the planet. I don't understand any problems with it. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, you say so. I think I understood what you just said. All right. Very good. Okay. You know, we don't really have a a, a topic today. So some of the things that have happened this past week, uh, especially uh, the loss of uh, two people, uh, one that uh, I used to fly with, and the other I used to love to listen to her songs. And, of course, we're talking about the great Loretta Lynn, and I'm going to play her uh, theme song, the one that she wrote about her life. I guess it was kept, uh, uh, pretty much right out of her real life, Coal Miner's Daughter. Here it is. <laughs> Amen. She did uh, write most all of her songs, I believe. And uh, any thoughts about Loretta Lynn from our listeners and our guests?
5: Hello. She was married by age 15.
1: Yeah, And I that's think right. before
5: she was 20, she had four kids.
3: Wow. Who
4: would be in jail by now if it were today?
3: <laughs> yeah. That is so true.
1: She <laughs> it is true. She met Oliver yes. Lynn. That was his name, and his nickname was Doolittle. And she used to call him Do That's um, right. they had, yes. yeah. She met him at 13. He was a, he was in the uh, army. Had served in the army. And then, like uh, Jim said, they were married at 15 years old. But I didn't know they had four kids at 20. Jim, wow.
5: I think that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very productive. I think it productive is. Productive
1: years.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a, a comment about that. Uh Butcher Holler is actually about an hour and fifteen minutes, uh, sort of southwest of Hazard, Kentucky. And I've been I've driven by there many times, uh, you know, in the past and she was one of my mother's favorite country singers. Yeah. And the way that my mom would get us up to go to school because most of us didn't want to go, she played that song over and over, Coal Miner's Daughter. <laughs> and to this day, it is still hard for me. It's a beautiful song that I know the words so well, but it's so hard yeah. for me to hear that song. Aww. And my mom is a true Kentuckian, so, uh, and my dad's from Mississippi. But anyway, she loved that song. And uh, uh, I believe they're, st- they're starting to do tours again. I know in 21 they closed her uh, the home that she talked about, they have they closed it down, but now it's open for uh, tours. And if I might make one other comment, uh, I was listening to her years ago on one of the late-night talk shows, and one of her sayings always stuck with me, and I thought it was so wonderful. She said, best friends are like husbands. You only need one at a time. <laughs> and I just love that. You have to think about that for a minute, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know Butcher Holler, Think, uh, thinking about that, uh, actually the the area she was uh, born in was Web Holler, Web, Web Holler, and that was her daddy, mm-hmm. Web. And mm-hmm. uh, she didn't like that name, Webb Holler, so she just used their... Their, I don't know whether they were enemies or friends or whatever, but the butchers lived, uh, I think, right across the, the holler from them. And uh, so she changed the name in the song from Web Holler. She didn't think that that sounded quite right in the song, so she changed it to Butcher Holler.
3: And, oh, and there that's was what they call pretty- it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's what they call it. And the butchers mm-hmm. wanted her eventually after she made it so popular from what I read uh, they wanted her to pave the to, the road in there and, and put a dedication, butcher holler. And she says, she says uh, something like, uh, uh, I'm not spending any more time or money there,
6: or something <laughs> like
1: that. Uh, but it uh, kind of reminds me where you were born there, Margaret, up there in Kentucky in the Hazard area, Hazard, Kentucky area.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, everyone knows Loretta Lynn there, and, and obviously all over the world. But, yes, uh, they play her songs quite a lot. And she had another song called, um, I think it was Kentucky Blue Girl, and uh-huh. I know that was another one my mother loved. So, you uh, yeah, a lot of people yeah. liked her.
1: Yeah, uh, great songs. Well, the other person that uh, we'd like to honor uh, is... Uh, Uh, A real close friend of Jim Holder's and and me, and also I think, uh, Jim, you remember uh, Sid Lanier, Captain Sidney Lanier, and um, and, uh, Jim, you can tell us about him passing, because he was one of the favorite World War II pilots that uh, we younger guys, when we came with Eastern, uh, enjoyed flying with, a real gentleman, and just a a good guy, didn't didn't over impress anybody about his authority on the airplane or anything like just a remarkable pilot and a good friend of both myself Jim uh, the two Jims and uh, Jim could you read us his obituary if you have it handy Jim Holder well Jim Holder I'm gonna turn his microphone on and then I'm gonna turn it back off maybe that'll Jim Holder are you with us no, he's not with us. But uh, uh, I, and I don't have the obituary to talk, tell you about. But Jim uh, did fly in World War II, and he just passed away this past week. I don't know. Uh, it might have been about the same time that Loretta Lynn died. But Jim was 100. Or uh, uh, Sidney Sid Lanier, Captain Sidney Lanier, was 100 years old when he passed. Uh-huh and a wonderful uh, person to fly with. And um, he was a member of the Hunt Club that uh, Jim Holder so frequently talks about here on the radio station. I think Club was the second passion that he had besides Eastern Airlines was that Hunt Club because most of the Eastern folks were members of it. And and I think uh, Captain Lanier was the president of it for I think he just told me before we went on air for about at least 10 years or a decade that uh, he was the president of that hunt club but um, uh, they sounded like they had a lot of fun not necessarily just hunting deer but uh, just uh, sitting around the campfire and talking so I'm going to uh, play this song and I know it's a a song that's appropriate for uh, those air crew members that uh, past, especially um, during the war, uh, World War Two, when it was written by uh, Mr. I think he was Lieutenant McGill and uh, McGee. Had,
5: McGee, I think.
1: McGee, rather. Not McGee, I, I think it it was McGee. Came up with McGee. Yeah, McGee. And uh, John John Denver uh, added to the poem itself, High Flight, and he added uh, what do you call it? A chorus? Is that what you call something that you go over in a song a few times? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he took the poem and he added uh, a little short uh, chorus to it, and I think it just really turns the poem into a beautiful, beautiful song. So here it is, and this is for Captain Sidney Lanier, who recently passed, and he took his last flight west.
6: Mm-hmm.
9: Rock
1: Great singer and uh, I think that chorus really set that poem into a wonderful song
2: Jim Holder are you back with us? Yes I had to think I was muted wasn't I?
1: No you weren't muted you just all of a sudden stopped in mid-conversation. <laughs>
2: so... I did. <laughs> yes you did Well uh, <laughs> I can't believe that uh, I do want to talk about Ted Lanier can we go back to there?
1: Yes, you can, and it would be great if you could give us his obituary, yeah.
2: Yes. Uh, well, I never had the pleasure of flying with Sid Lanier, but I got to know him quite well at the Reaper conventions, the Reaper luncheons in Atlanta, our fly-ins, and since 1974 when I joined the Eastern Pines Hunt Club. He was truly a great friend and all-around good person. Uh, the obituary. Captain Walter Sidney Lanier peacefully passed away on September the 29th at his home on Lake Spivey in Jonesboro, that's Georgia. He was born December the 23rd, 1921, in Valdosta, Georgia, and attended Valdosta High School. He was in the U.S. Army Air Force from 1942 to 1946 and was part of the Ferry Command with the Asiatic Pacific, the China, Burma, India, and during World War II where he received the air medal. After the war, he joined Eastern Airlines in 1946 and retired as a captain after 36 years. He retired as a lieutenant colonel from the United States Air Force at Fort McPherson, and he married his beautiful bride, you you knew Neil and I did too, Sarah Louise Goins, on September 15, 1948. Uh, he was a member of the Eastern Pilots, uh, or no, he was a longtime member of the College Park Presbyterian Church beginning in 1948 and continued at 2011 where he served along with Sarah and their three children. He was a longtime treasurer of the co-ed Sunday school class and a deacon and was very active on the grounds committee. He also assisted Sarah in decorating the church for Thanksgiving and Christmas with a beautiful altar displays, display. Always had his faith and love in the Lord. He was a member of the Retired Eastern Pilots Association, a founding member of the Eastern Airlines Hunt Club in 1967, where he continued to participate until he was 98 years old. He also loved to fish on an annual fishing trip with his buddies until he was 98. Sid was a hiker, vivid hiker, having hiked 5, 1,400, I guess that's the miles, In Colorado and miles of the Appalachian Trail, he loved watching his beloved baseball, Falcons, and college football. He loved tending his gardens and yard, and traveling around the world thanks to the Air Force. A graveside service will be held on October the 13th, that's just coming Thursday at 10 a.m. in College Park, Georgia. Pastor James Woodward of First Presbyterian Church will officiate, and at 12 noon, it's it's. He actually requested that his son Gary, Captain Gary Lanier, that he had the graveside service first, and then they wanted to have a sanctuary in the sanctuary of the church at 12 noon in Jonesboro, Georgia. In lieu of flowers, donations may be made to the First Presbyterian Church of Jonesboro. He was a great guy, great club member. We truly miss him. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Thank well, you,
1: Tim. Uh-uh.
2: Uh, Neil, and, if I uh,
4: may, I just
1: yes Gemma, sorry. Uh, I ahead, just Brenda. looked up
4: McGee, um, who wrote uh, John Gillespie McGee, who wrote yeah. High Flight, and uh, he wrote it apparently very shortly before he was killed in an accidental mid-air collision over England in 1941. And apparently, on his gravestone is the first line and the last line of the poem, and uh, I think he was just 19. And he was in the uh, Royal Canadian Air Force. That's right. Um, yeah, amazing. I didn't know that. It's such a beautiful song, and he was so young.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, Neil, I've been I've been asked to speak at many uh, Eastern pilots' uh, funeral services, and I generally, almost always, conclude with reading the "High Flight," and yeah. it. uh, uh. It's a tough thing to do, especially for somebody you knew real well Good yeah to do that
1: one of my neighbors passed away a few years ago and and uh she and he he had Alzheimer's and uh I didn't get to know him very long but um uh she recalled because he and I used to talk about flying airplanes, and she remembered that i was uh, an airline pilot and so uh, at his service she asked me to say a few words and I said well I'd I'd rather read a poem and uh the church oh. was uh, was uh, was pretty well attended by most of uh, our neighborhood and others that knew the the two and uh and then I asked the uh, the person that ran the the songs and so forth that play in the church if they could put John Denver's uh, song on. And I think everybody in that uh, church was crying at the end of that.
6: Mm -hmm. But
1: it is a a beautiful, beautiful song. Mm -hmm. uh, And I think, uh, like I said earlier, the higher we fly, the further we we go. That was the chorus that uh, Denver added to that poem. Uh, And uh, so, well, yeah, now... On a, a smaller side, I'd like to talk about what Jim Harris brought up to me. He calls me a lot during the week, and I don't think Jim's got much to do except sit under a tree and drink a beer or whatever. But when when, when, he, when he's doing that, he's, he said, I think I'm going to call either oh Jim Holder or, or, or Neil. And so we got to talking, as we sometimes do most, most of the week. I'm telling stories on you, Jim Harris. So, uh, but but at any rate, uh, he he said, you know what was fun back in the old days was to uh, to uh, remember those cartoon uh, comic strips, the comic strips. And I said, well, which one were you talking about? And he brought up specifically Smiling Jack Martin. Do you guys remember Smiling Jack Martin?
2: Well, yeah, it's Smiling Jack, yeah.
1: Smiling Jack. Yeah, Smiling Jack. By, by, okay, Jim Harris, who wrote it? Or who? I don't think he um, drew it. Maybe he did draw it.
5: Yeah, I think he that did was, both. I, I don't, I'm not sure what his name is. I looked it up a while ago, and I can't remember what his name was. It, Zach, was. <laughs> Zach Mosley. Zach <laughs> Mosley. Okay, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's,
1: right. that's right. Zach Mosley wrote it, and he, he lived down here. Uh, on the east coast of Florida, I think somewhere around Daytona, a little bit south of Daytona. Uh, And I think he died there. But, uh, boy, that comic strip was around for a long, long time. Smiling Jack. Mm -hmm. Smiling Jack.
5: Mm -hmm. I always enjoyed it.
1: What was your favorite character in it besides Smiling Jack, Jim Harris?
5: How about Fatso?
1: Fatso, yeah. (laughs) That's what they used to call me a long time ago, Fatso. (laughs) (laughs) but what, yeah, it, it, what
5: was, peculiar it was fat thing. so he was. go ahead it, it was fat so he'd be he'd be standing there popping a button off his shirt it'd Yeah. a featherless there would be a featherless chicken down there catching the catching the button and eating yeah. it
1: now i don't know what the symbol of that was jim harris do you
5: no i don't but i, I remember the part of that part of the cartoon though
1: yeah and uh yeah, that was that was a good cartoon, and it was about aviation and Smiling Jack, and uh, and uh, the other ones that I remember, of course, was uh, Little Abner.
5: And I don't oh, know
1: yeah. if you you guys remember Little Abner.
5: Oh yeah. Uh, Louis, no. you good.
1: haven't said much. Do you remember these? Are you old enough to remember Little Abner?
7: <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> and then so I'm older than baseball. <laughs>
1: Oh,
2: older well, than baseball, is that what you Well,
1: baseball's old because it's talked about in the Bible, in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I, be
6: I may not be older than
7: baseball. I just feel that way sometimes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Especially after moving from Arizona back to Georgia, because we had Georgia in our mind. It just needed to come back. <laughs> um, we still haven't gotten it in the house we bought. We're in a, a little bitty rental house. I feel like I'm living in a storage shed right now. <laughs>
1: <Spotless>. <laughs> where in Georgia are you? Peachtree City. Oh, Peachtree City. You know where
2: that is. Mm-hmm. And you again. were She was a flight attendant you were a attendant, you say?
7: Oh no, I was too short for my weight.
2: <laughs> I. <It's totally laughs> <way. laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs>
7: I managed call centers, and then when I was at um, ValueJet, I was my left is uh, the vice president of people.
1: Oh wow! Wow! wow. ValueJet, yeah, yeah, yeah. A good, a good friend of ours. Uh, was the principal operating inspector for ValueJet when it uh, got oh. its certification as an airline, and his name was Bob Bruce.
2: It and, was. Uh, it It was Bob mm-hmm. Bruce,
1: yeah. I went in there. I was mm-hmm. starting trying to start an airline up in Pittsburgh, and I went in to see my good friend Bob Bruce with the FAA, and uh, I was telling him what I was going to try to do up in Pittsburgh, start this airline called AirTrain, not AirTran, but AirTrain. And he mm-hmm. said, "Hmm." He said, "Well, I'm doing one now, and he says it's called ValueJet, and I haven't, we haven't certified it yet." And I said, "Well, mm-hmm. can I take a look? Can I take a look at the application?" He said, "I can't do that." <laughs> I said, "I just want to see see certain things in there and how you put them together." So he left the office, and he let me browse all the stuff that ValueJet had uh, delivered to the FAA to get their airworthiness certificate. It was interesting. Wow. Yeah. But, well, um, I'm
7: actually I'm writing a book about the accident, and um, uh-huh. oh. I've I've talked to a few friends of mine, like Captain Souders and um, Captain Scheibler. Did you know those guys? From that Eastern? name
1: rings a bell, Captain Scheibler. Yeah. yeah.
7: He was um, he actually was number one on the roster for. For pilots at ValueJet, and his son and my son were best friends, and um, so I get to see him periodically, and we have a chat. But um, I'm just—it's taking me 20 years to write this book, but I'm—I'm I'm going to get it done. I swear, in the next year,
4: I just have to
7: um, get my thoughts all on paper.
1: Oh well, yeah,
4: that'd be really good.
1: Yeah. Uh, we've got another author that uh, Brenda, do you you haven't met Brenda Chabot, but Brenda is uh, uh is the editor for the Silverliners and she has written a beautiful book about uh, aviation uh, flight attendants about the flight attendants being the first responders. What's the what's the title? I can't remember titles too well, Brenda. But what's flight the title? I'm it? looking loss, at it.
4: Flight, You're attendant, at flight attendants, attendants love. in the line of duty.
1: Yeah, my lieutenant's
2: lost yeah. in the Thank line of didn't. duty. Yeah. yeah, and there's he a sent lot. Me a, he sent me a copy, and I'm probably within 20 pages of finishing it. It's laid on my desk right here. Great, uh, great I recommend book. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. So hurry
1: up and get your book together, Louise, and let's get it out there so you can talk about it on the radio when we get it done.
7: Mm-hmm. Sounds like a plan to me.
1: Okay.
4: (laughs) Good luck. Just give yourself a cup of tea or a glass of wine and sit down and just pour out your thoughts um, onto a Word document and then just put them into um, kind of how they they would fall into chapters uh, or categories, and that that would be really good. I'd love to read it.
7: I've actually made more progress than that. I... I, um, I just have had such a hard time conjuring up memories that I tried to suppress after the accident. Yeah. It was the most unpleasant experience. And, um, yeah. I think it was industrial espionage, but I'm, I'm not (laughs) clever quite enough to put that into words. So I, I hired a writing coach who's been very helpful for me. And, Mm -hmm. um, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, we'd like to get it out, but I had to change all the names and the name of the airline and everything. Even though everybody's going to know it based on a true story and what what air, airline it was. So,
1: well, there was <laughs> a gal that was the captain of that airplane. That's right, Candy Kubik. Candy.
2: Yeah, that was uh, a girl. She was a lady. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. She's
2: former interesting... Eastern, former Eastern pilot too.
7: But... Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I. Uh, so I was talking to John Souders, and he told me that Marshall Tilly um, said that when she she was very much by the book pilot, and so when she called Power to request to come back that they were in trouble, they gave her directions to go left, and Marshall said if she was just been more experienced, she probably would have gone right and could have gotten to it. There's three airports she flew over before she finally dumped it in the Everglades. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Pretty
4: sad situation. Yeah.
6: yeah.
4: It's awful when you lose a crew or people you knew. It's, yeah. um, yeah, yeah,
6: well, yeah
4: I had that too, that uh I'd hired and both. trained a whole crew, and they were so young, I remember them all. And they died in a horrific crash in uh, Saudi doing the Hajj. Oh. And it was a crappy DC-8 uh, that had never been looked after and uh, bought the gear up. And I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but anyway, it caught fire. And uh, as it was trying to make it back, the um, passengers, people, bodies were seen falling from the floor of the aircraft out of the
2: Oh my burned God. Right through, oh, And they
4: all died. Oh. And uh, wow. one girl was in the office and she was just 17 and she wanted to be a flight attendant. And I remember saying to her, yeah, you can be a flight attendant. You know, as soon as you're 18, I'll put you in a class. She turned 18, I put her in the class and she was on that.
1: Oh my um, God. And her mother
4: wrote me an incredible letter. Oh. Um, and another one was late all the time. So I called her in to let her go because you can't be late. And she started to cry. And she said to me, everything good that comes in my life, I ruin it. And I gave her one more chance. And she was on
1: it. Oh, my God. And so
4: there's really, yeah, there's some uh, things that you just, like you say, they're hard to bring up. But, yeah, pretty amazing. The aviation Mm -hmm. industry. We all know someone, right?
7: Yeah, I started my airline career in '73 technically, but '76 with the actual airline with User West, and just kind of moved around. Well, I worked for User West, Republic, and Northwest without even changing desks. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then I went to work for yeah. Eastern for the last four years, and um, oh. then I went back to Northwest and then to Value Jet. So,
6: uh,
7: wow!
4: I knew a lot of people.
6: And, and it's amazing
4: to... how you do, you know, it's just, or, or where you were, you know how they talk about like, where were you when Kennedy was shot?
6: Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it's
4: those things that I can remember where I was with everything. When Eastern L-11 went down, when the Swiss air went down over Nova yeah. Scotia of the ocean, all those things, you know, you just, if your airline or if you flew, boy, you know exactly what they were yeah. thinking and feeling and, even smelling, yep.
1: I'm glad you brought that up, Brenda. I remember so many times that uh, there was an accident. I remember the Northwest went down on uh, departure out of Miami when I was in ground school. I was just hired with Eastern. And oh. uh, some of those things, that uh, they, they're they stuck to your mind for the rest of your life.
4: Yep. Yeah, and you just feel horrified.
1: You know, yeah. you hear about it.
4: Like that value, jet to me is just horrific. Uh, you know, that's something else. That's a very, kind of almost a unique one, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're yep. all unique, but nonetheless. Okay. No, I'll, I I want to know when that book comes out. <laughs> <laughs>
7: well, I'll just let you know, but I, I think it's going to be at least a year. Yeah. Um, we've, yeah. We've got the whole thing crafted. What I'm doing now is I'm filling in the blanks, and that's why I started talking to a few captains that I knew and other people.
4: Because yeah.
7: I want to give it, to beef it up a little bit. I don't want it just to be an emotional book. I want it to have some factual stuff in it too. So
1: yeah. that's
6: the part. Wow. Well,
7: Let I've me know.
1: I've got you bet, you bet, and and you'll be up. Uh, we'll be talking about it and promoting it on the uh, on the uh, radio show, and on our website. I've got area code 760 pop in, and I don't know where that is, area code 760.
0: Hey, Emil, this is Janie Hughes. I'm actually in central Florida uh, doing um, very well after the hurricane came through. Very blessed. And sitting here listening to the stories, and I just uh, value Jet, AirTran. I had already left Eastern by then. But I followed, I continued to follow because I had so many girlfriends that continued to fly. Now, I'm curious, and I want to know who this interesting lady is that is getting ready to release a book next year, which is going to be written in fictitious names to protect the innocent. Um, now, who are you? <laughs> well, my name is Louise Laughlin, and um
7: I just, we, you know, when you say, where were you? Well, when, we had, when it happened, all of the vice presidents, directors, many managers were all building a Habitat house that Lewis Jordan paid for in full, and he was our president. He was grateful for how he'd been blessed, and so he was giving back. And we didn't have cell phones back then. He was the only person I knew that had a cell phone. And all of our pagers at once with the call operations with the 911, and we all knew, yes, but hoped it wasn't as bad as we thought. We kind of gathered around Lewis's car while he talked, and he says, we've lost a plane. And we just mm. stopped doing what we were doing. Our, my spouse stayed, and some other people stayed. And uh, the rest of us went to the office. This was like 2 in the afternoon-ish, and... We, uh, when they found out that I couldn't nail a, a hammer a nail in straight, they put me in Turge Landscaping. So that was a good move on their part. But um, we went to the office, and I didn't get home that night till three in the morning, and then turned right around and was back at seven. And um, my my days were like that, fourteen hour days for the next six or eight weeks. I finally took one day off, but. Um, it, the whole thing was hard. We felt like we were building a utopian airline. That's how good it felt. And I knew people at ValueJet that I had known at Eastern and at Northwest, and it was just a good conglomeration of of uh, experienced air, airline people. And uh, it was just hard to leave.
6: Hmm. But, yeah.
7: yeah. Have it you is. ever
0: written a tribute page uh, in the Silverliner magazine? to all of your fellow workers that started ValueJet? No. Um, I
7: When we had our reunion um, that I was in charge of a couple years ago, um, I told some people then that I was writing a book, and I put it on our Facebook page that I'm doing it, but, you know, it's taken me so long that I hate to get... I'd rather do something like that when I'm close
0: to being finished Right. Well, yeah, certainly, now, you don't want to distract yourself. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Louise, you do have a Facebook page. What's the name of it?
7: Well, it's the Value Jet Employees that I put it on. And okay. my my Facebook page is just my name, Louise Walters Walkman. Okay. And so I don't put anything about that now. Yeah. I wrote another book, a memoir about my husband and um, – I used to put that on my Facebook page but okay. Anyway,
1: it's a- uh I got a caller from 908 908. You know I, I, why do people pronounce a zero-O? That always puzzled <laughs> me and I do it so many. I think it's a southern thing. 908 <laughs> or 908. Who's calling from 908?
8: Sharon Moore. Shannon Moore. Moore.
1: Yeah, Sharon. Sharon. Moore. Yes. How are you?
8: I'm good. I'm sitting here doing some work, and I just realized the time. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm down here in Florida helping my son out.
1: I uh, hope he was Hi, Sharon. In the, <laughs> Hi. He's he wasn't in Fort Fort Myers, was he, Sharon?
8: No, we're over here in Lake Worth on the east coast. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, on the east coast, good. Yeah, and that's uh, another tragedy, a uh, uh, tragic event that happened. Uh, Margaret, uh, you went through your flooded condition, and, and, and that was horrific up there in the uh, area of Kentucky of hazard, and Margaret was right there in the flood at her properties and her sister right there in the flood area, which uh, we saw pictures and pictures after another. Uh, of the tragedy and all the the uh, uh, what was going on with the folks and I think Margaret, you lost a, a very good friend or two, didn't you, in that mm-hmm. flood?
3: Uh, yes, I I lost uh, my first cousin um, Ann, and actually NBC News did something about the quilts that she made uh, because uh-huh. one of these. One of the people uh, volunteers uh, helping to clean up the house, and unfortunately she drowned in her house. Uh, oh. And so this woman, I, I know it's so hard. I grew up with her, but anyway, uh, she uh, this volunteer cleaned up the quilts. I'll make this short. And NBC News ran, and they called her, uh, her we called her Gilly her gillian's quilt so we thought that was a very nice tribute to her
6: yeah it was and then i lost a a
3: good friend of mine from kindergarten who was like my brother and i don't have any brothers so i kind of adopted him and uh yeah he was in an accident helping to clean up someone's house in the aftermath and was killed so Mm -hmm. uh, those things are just horrible and and i feel badly for all the People in uh, Hurricane uh, Ian, uh, I mean, it's just the devastation. It's just, I don't know, words can't really describe it, yeah. I don't think.
1: Well, I got a call from my brother, and uh, uh, he said, I've lost everything uh, over here in Fort Myers now. He's, he, he's well off. He has several other houses, and he had gone to Fort Lauderdale to his townhouse there. Uh, getting ready to go down to a marathon uh, because he's got a house down there and a big boat, and he was going to tie it down. And then the news came over that it was uh, kind of moving a little bit to westerly from the Keys, and so he went back to Fort Myers, and, uh, and then the thing hit right there, and uh, his house in Fort Myers, his main house in Fort Myers, was flooded completely. And uh, his son's home was flooded, and uh, so... They're over there with uh, generators and trying to save as, as much as they can. And, of course, they were on the water, uh, and all of those homes were pretty much total. It's, it's just uh, you can't believe what you see on television, the images uh, that you see. Terrible. It. Yeah. We never, never know from minute to minute, do we? Nope. No. Yeah.
8: I was well, down can- here in my – Okay. Say, hey, I was down here in uh, Lake Worth at my mother's condo. My mom passed away September 8th, and I was cleaning out her condo, and I got extreme alert, you know, we during the hurricane. So I made a little nest in my mother's closet. I sat there in a lawn chair, but oh, Delray Beach, they had a bad tornado, mm-hmm. so this is what I was going in the closet for. But oh. what an experience. Terrible. Just horrible.
1: Yeah. Ooh, this open
8: kinda
7: reminds me of a thing my brother says and that that was other than that, Mrs. Booth, how did you like the play? <laughs>
6: uh, excuse
7: me. Other Booth, How did you like the play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know
1: what that's in reference to, yes. Shouldn't yeah. be laughing yeah, but just the saying itself, yes, of course.
0: Anyway, seven yeah. days right now.
1: Well, here. Marguerite, Chaney? do
0: you have a fa- Yes, honey. I'm here. Well, I was
1: going to ask <laughs> you. Now, you, you yeah. live in Palm. Don't you live in Palm Valley or Palm, Palmdale? or? Well,
0: or, um, my telephone number gives me a way to having been um, a resident of Palm Springs, California for Palm so Springs. many years. But then we moved to toward water (laughs) and uh, central Florida turned out to be the place that we chose and uh, the Bartow Auburndale Winter Haven area. And um, actually we have a house in Bartow and a lake house in um, Winter Haven, Auburndale and Uh Auburndale is in the Amazon grid and the power there blinked a little bit. <laughs> now, Bartow is the county seat of Florida, as you know, and we lost power for an a uh, day and a half and I had relatives in town. We wind up in Bartow with a learning how to use a generator and it took me two hours to do gourmet baked potatoes and Italian sausage. <laughs> so i I feel like a good flight attendant felt the necessary need to nurture and to entertain, so <laughs> my, my plan to nurture and entertain, but it was um it really um amazed me and further opened my eyes as to the power of a very good name. Amazon. So go back over to the lake house and the power blinked in being the neighborhood of Amazon, which I'm very happy about. And um, encourage everybody to move closely to the local, uh, your local Amazon, whatever <laughs> they have just in their backyard. So yes. So the survival story that I have it can't even come close to what I've heard today. And I'm really intrigued, uh, I think, Margaret, your friend, Jillian's uh, quilts, that's so sweet because uh, quilts are such a time and and uh, can be uh, very, well, can pay well to do quilts. I'm interested in Jillian's quilts, actually. So you were able to save these quilts, and what did you do with them?
3: Uh, Well, uh, the volunteer is the one who actually saved them. And, of course, her children uh, have the quilts. Wonderful. um, And I think I have a copy uh, or a picture of those. And, Neil, I'll probably send that to you so some of them can see. She was really an artist, and and I'm always envious of people who can – create like that you know and and yeah. sculpt and all that i'm afraid i don't have any of those abilities so i admire yeah. those in other people I well
0: i was thinking about a, a tribute page mm-hmm. in silver Laner magazine margaret and i'd be happy to sponsor it is brenda still on the line yep i am uh, brenda why don't we do something like that because Um, Something good can come out of something awful. And the quilts is such a beautiful story because quilts usually represent a lifetime of so many things. The fabrics are taken from treasures and family treasures. And Mm -hmm. I'm having made a quilt made of all of my gowns that I did and all of my charity raising. And um, so quilts just represent so much. And then make such a beautiful page.
3: Mm. The yeah. colors on yeah. those quilts are
0: spectacular, and
3: and uh, so uh, although I can't quilt, I do admire those uh, that people would make. You yeah. be
0: would
3: you well, No, I'm them to Brenda. Yeah. No, I would not. Yeah. I just have to get permission from her children, you know, okay. to uh, display those and. I, I don't think that's going to be a problem since they allowed the news, in uh, NBC yeah. News. <laughs> and forgive me, and I have allergies today, so my voice is a little raspy, that I will uh, contact your children and see what they say, and then I'll get back to you. And thank you so much for, um, you know, suggesting that. I think that's very nice of you.
4: And Brenda, where you is the Brendan's magazine? Um, yeah, it'll be the Spring Magazine. Um, I mm-hmm. have about three little corrections to do. And I always have Connie proof it for me. Uh-huh.
6: And um, okay.
4: I've got to do that, and then I sent it off to the printer, which will be next week. However, I'm going to put an email out to all Silverliners. They won't be getting it until the end of October, the beginning of November, because Connie, who does the um, directory and the mail list, mm-hmm. uh, she's still trying to process. We have so many new... Silvernighters so many new chapters that she's got to get all their names in as well for them to be able to receive the magazine so that's going to be a little bit of a hold up but it's not that much so but the next uh-huh. one okay. will be um issued in April of next year oh well that's
3: fantastic i will definitely contact uh, her children and we'll see what we can do and thank you again uh-huh. for Okay, Brenda, so we down. could
0: do a full page here?
1: Sure, whatever we want. We certainly okay.
0: can. Yep.
1: Brenda's Brenda's the boss and I can stay on the air <laughs> up to two hours.
8: <laughs> Brenda's Brenda <laughs> oh, you you wanna
3: stay on. <laughs> you threatened to fire
1: me when I, oh, when no. I forgot no, about no. the show that day. No, oh, you were uh, gonna <laughs> reduce my pay. Uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, I tried to yeah, do that all. Yeah, from zero to hope,
0: minus. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, did. zero minus. That's
1: yeah. true, Mel, he did.
0: You well, there's
1: another. Daniel. There's another side to zero. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, oh, is is Luann, can I interrupt yeah, just a minute? Yeah, you please. Know, do. You know, if you shouldn't say you have two hours because you know Luann's going to tell you a story or something.
1: So. Yeah, and I was hoping Jim Holder would get in there and grab a story or two.
2: <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, it, well, I'm good until 3.30. That's when the Georgia game starts.
3: Okay. Oh, 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 that's when Georgia plays Holbers. South Carolina football. I'll be ready for that one. <laughs> I could listen
4: to Jim Holder forever. I love your accent. <laughs> Doesn't he have a My great what? voice? Yeah, am I flirting or what,
3: eh? Yeah, he has a great voice. I love his voice. He does. I like yeah. uh, Jim Harris. Well, say something voice. nice Harrison, about Margaret Jim
1: Harris and myself, please. please.
3: I am. I am. I was just, this is Margaret. <laughs> I was just saying I really like Jim Harris's voice because he reminds me of this kid that I knew in high school who used to pinch my arm all the time every day and I was so shy and he has that little boyish mischievous voice and I really like him here so that's a compliment don't you think he has that little mischievous voice yeah
5: yeah I do do. are you
1: listening to this
5: I am I am I'm from Tennessee (laughs) y'all that's why I sound funny
3: well, I'm from Kentucky, so that's why I know you Tennessee boys and Kentucky boys. And Neil, of course, our illustrious leader, you have the most, and I'll say this like my dad, not like my dad would say, but in his Mississippi voice. Oh, Captain Neil, you just have the most romantic, sexy voice I've ever known. I can't wait to hear the next EAL broadcast show. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. This time you to, laugh to, a lot, Dylan.
1: That is nice. Well, thank you very much guys. It's time to land the airplane. It's an hour's over.
2: But no, you know, this is getting good. I think we yeah. need to keep talking about this. Yeah, a special double trouble up episode.
6: Well,
1: great fun. Louise, you think you might tune us tune us in again?
7: I think it sounds like a fun group to me.
1: Yeah, well, we welcome you, you Thank and uh, Janie. We got we got to have you on more often, and we talked about it. that. I'm a, I got your number, so I'm gonna call yeah. you. <laughs> you
0: call me because I have got a very big question to ask you. You know, uh, on Two and a Half Men, Charlie's character mom is named Taylor Holland. And with that voice of yours, you must be related to Taylor Hall- Holland, who plays Charlie's mom, the sexy redhead. It's mm-hmm.
1: a compliment, Neal.
0: I can see that. Well,
1: it is. Yes, yeah. it is. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Although, uh, I, I did. Uh, well. The never
0: airlines mind. were very me. close to Hollyweird.
1: Okay, Sharon, Sharon Moore, it's nice having you with us today. I appreciate it. Please come back often.
8: I will try. I'm always late for some reason. Well, I've just set my alarm clock.
1: If you would send me your email, I'll put you on our list, and I'll send you our script so you can join us.
3: Oh, okay. I'll send you a copy address. of my
1: mother's album. Here, copy it down. Everybody got a pencil and paper? Go to writing. There we go.
3: Yes, go.
1: It's the letter E. That's my first name, and I don't go by my first name. E-Neal, N-E-A-L, Holland, and at yahoo.com. e Neil Holland at yahoo.com. Easy.
6: Okay.
1: So send me your email, and I'll keep you on the list, and I'll send you our, our little schedules and so forth. And Margaret and I are planning something, uh, extraordinaire here before very long, and Margaret, I think you'll be over here in Jacksonville next week, and uh, uh, we can yes, have lunch. I'm leaving
3: tomorrow, and okay. uh, I will hopefully meet with you on the 10th.
1: Okay, Monday. very good, very good, sounds good. Okay, and we'll have a luncheon at uh, the Caddyshack, maybe, huh? That's where I took Connie. Mm-hmm. Connie mm-hmm. Harrigan uh, over to Caddyshack uh, when she came to town. Yeah.
3: Oh, I remember good. the Caddyshack,
1: yeah. Yeah, good having oh, nice. her She and her friends. That sounds nice. But, uh, okay, very good. Well, we're going to put the airplane on the ground now, so it's about that time. So I'm going to turn it over to uh, Captain Harris, who hasn't said much today, so maybe he can talk to the uh, tower and, and get uh, the flight down. Go ahead, take over, Captain Jim.
5: Okay, this is Hop <laughs> Harrigan coming in. Oh, no. I wanted you
1: to do the whole thing. (laughs) San Antonio (laughs) Tower. Can't you read?
5: (laughs) No, I I don't have my computer, my confusion in front of me. Oh,
1: okay. Well, it would would go something like this, Jim. San Antonio Tower, this is ARTS. ARTS, hey, that's pretty good. Uh, Airline Radio Talk Show. ARTS Flight 67. We got you in sight, and then the tower said, Roger, Arch 67, you're cleared to land, runway 13 right, wind is 140 degrees at 10 knots, and then you would He's say, to
4: remember that? Roger,
1: San Antonio, Arch 57, 67, cleared to land, runway 13 right, and then you would say what I think you were trying to say, and it was like this.
8: Feeling well all
1: clear. Okay, this is Hulk Harrigan coming in. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it would have been if you had a script in your hand.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: So, but at any rate... Good having you, you guys with us on Open Mic. And this was really good. I really enjoyed the conversation today. And, uh, incredible. Old
4: airline people will talk forever. I know. It.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One About these days, incredible we'll,
0: thing. There you go.
1: All right. Well, we've got an incredible singer. in, in One Merle Haggard. And uh, oh. we missed the, his talents. And, uh, well, he will sing us out of here on our a sign-off music which is a beautiful song he wrote while he was sitting in probably first class in a jetliner and looking out the window he saw another airplane and the Sun was shining on its wings so he titled it Thanks guys for being with us And we'll see you next week The Creeks Don't Rise
4: Thank you, Neil Thanks everybody nice.
9: great. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you Bye-bye <laughs> leave me, Leaving me lonely Silver wings Slowly fading out of sight Don't leave me I cry Don't take that airplane ride But you locked me out of your mind And left me standing here behind taking you away, leaving me lonely, silver wings, slowly fading out of sight.